0: Welcome back, I'm Gabe Garberts, I don't know, I believe this is episode 12, and just continuing to lean into the experimentation mode, uh, you heard us talk about it a little bit with Eddie and Danielle, sort of trying to lean into the lower, um, lower maintenance options for myself, and yeah, so this is another experiment. Um, I think this took place maybe a day after talking to them and as you can hear at the very beginning I even uh, potentially talk about releasing it before that episode but as it ended up working out this is how it'll be and basically I just was out and about on a walk and we've been having some beautiful weather and just yeah get outside as much as you can and, and yeah, I just had my phone on me with headphones and my mind was, was racing and I just wanted to, to try and capture it while I was doing it and try to just like let the, let the editor take a, a an actual break. So bear with it. It's noisier than any of the other ones have been. I'm dealing with a lot of, yeah, wind, a lot of ambient noise, which I think maybe is part of. Part of the adventure of this one, so hard to say yet how much um, I'll be doing of these, but it it makes it feel a bit more sustainable, knowing that it's an activity that I uh, often take part in, and it often supplies or informs or motivates and fuels some of the intellectual exercises as well. So they seem to go hand in hand except for the fact that it's hard to control for noise. So in an effort to maybe tie in a little bit, even more overlap with some of the goals of more sustainability of kind of, yeah, hitting on the, the theme of preciousness and protective, like a protectiveness with the show, then this, this seems like a, a valiant effort to, yeah, go in that direction. So, again, bear with the noise. Hopefully, it's not too bad. I did a quick pass through and did have some clicking and popping that I did my best to to try and mitigate for. So there's there's definitely some some fluctuations in the audio. Uh, I don't think anything ever fully cuts out, but I tried to tried to to maybe tame some of the more harsh noises um and then yeah if anybody has any ideas of of options of potential solutions for so that I can keep doing this and and improve the sound um I'm all ears feel free to reach out one way or another um but yeah I guess just I'll leave it at that and hopefully yeah maybe see this be becoming its own sort of uh, Stream of episodes So Wandering and wondering Or something like that um, Yeah I, Without further ado I'll just cut to the Cut to the walk and talk And see you on the other side it's a good place to kind of flesh out some of these ideas but I'm thinking maybe before releasing Eddie and Danielle's doing another solo one but moving towards the less post-production and speaking about that talking about that transition recognizing that there would have to be some trade-offs and and yeah, even just being up front about feeling this weird sense. And it's again with the kid gloves, the preciousness, um, and what that was translating to by, by embracing that or committing to that, maintaining that level of preciousness. And the things I had to commit to were turning out to be creating more friction, or at least resistance, making for a longer process than I may have anticipated when, when calculating the, the trade-off there. And I thought, well, you know, sounding more eloquent, or sounding more whatever, is is important to me and i'm willing to give a reasonable amount of resources to that again the operative word there is it's kind of writing a contract with vague terminology so not really having a a strict sort of framework or rubric for measuring that. Kind of set it up to take on more or less. I didn't have a way of establishing that boundary for myself that wasn't like a hard parameter. And for the first few weeks there was a sense of kind of struggle, but uh, determination of kind of justifying, validating that uh, that level of post-production because it was serving something that, for whatever reason, I, I was kind of no longer factoring into the equation, um, which was the amount of work it was requiring of me, and for what what uh, benefit I was trading and the benefit is just this weird it's it's based on this weird you know, ego-driven thing however you want to frame it I think that's the motivator underlying it whether it's wanting to whether it's a fear of coming off not as eloquent as I would like to be. Which is, you know, also just something getting hung up on playing a different game than, I don't know, I <laughs> like laying out the groundwork for this. I need it to be something sustainable. And... So far, the level of production necessary has required more of me than feels sustainable. So something's got to give. Do I need, I need? I need to challenge, you know, some of what I what I had, or build up more budget for that. And that just seems kind of, again, like I said, it's not sustainable. So where can I trim some of that? And it seems like the production level, it seems like the, the, where are the, where are the like needs and where are the kind of just arbitrary distinctions? And I don't know, I feel like most of my growth personally has come from taking a look through that lens to try to figure out, you know, Maybe it's not even defining them as arbitrary or essential, but just kind of saying like which which decisions, which narratives that I'm telling about myself do I have some wiggle room on, even if it's right now. others Other areas might have more wiggle room down the road. Others, you know, may have had more wiggle room prior, but right now are feeling fairly, you know, firm. But it's essentially just identifying where, where you have room to expand and committing some amount of resources, time and energy, attention towards those those areas, kind of taking a proactive approach. So, I don't know, that's kind of off on a tangent, but just thinking of the idea of um trimming the fat. And in this case, just renegotiating, why do I have, I struggle to say that we're renegotiating my expectations for the product I'm putting out. And some of that might just need to be like recognizing, finding ways. So I've said I listened to podcasts, at different speeds sped up. But that gives me like this false perspective of what sounds normal. And so whether it's it's resulting in like a real time, kind of like an active real time filter that I'm putting on myself as I'm talking um, in terms of just like viewing myself through this reflective lens and judging myself against framework that is at least partially artificial or if that comes on the back end when I not at the moment of generating the ideas and thoughts and laying them down recording them but at the step of editing listening back to it and thinking viewing it through that lens at that point and either trying to chop it up and do some amount of processing to achieve that regardless of what that looks like what that work looks like it's adding more adding more steps to what Yeah, not even tackling anything beyond that it's adding more steps to the process and Therefore, that's that's in its very nature, adding to the cost and playing with the the balance of the cost of benefit. So it's it's adjusting the ratio, and it makes sense to then renegotiate the, <laughs> renegotiate the terms of that relationship and I think we're maybe trained in a lot of ways to to not to not feel entitled to doing that renegotiation And I don't know, I can hear like a lot of advice of, you know, just kind of basic examples of, you know, you just got to, the, it takes compromise, like there are certain things you got to pick your battles. It's, you know, just, you got to, there's, there's, there's important things to know of like, you know, when to sit one out, what. No one to fold them like i don't know that, that feels defeatist when it's taken as like a universal claim but it's and then the same can be said of taking the other extent other stance to a different extreme of like fortune favors the bold um yeah That's the only one that comes to mind, but. um, Yeah, how do you, how do you incorporate? A healthy amount of each, I guess, in this case, it's recognizing that, like. There's, there's merit to both of these seemingly opposite. Pieces of advice these cliches, these truisms. And if, if you can find real-world examples that fit both, then the implicit discovery there is that, you know, the value, the usefulness of these truisms is largely dependent if not entirely dependent on context. context. Which, if it sounds obvious, is because it is. Like, because everything is contextual. That's, you know, goes towards the nothing happens in a vacuum. Another, you know, that one is like a universal truth. Like, there's, well, notwithstanding, like, artificially created vacuums, or whatever. Space travel, I guess. Certain things do happen within some context of, yeah, whatever. It's beside the point. I don't know just back to the trade-offs and wrapping it back into this specific instance is just where i'm going through this transition of recognizing that the the expected my my um forecast expectation of the cost of maintaining a certain level of feeding the ego in terms of style choices that uh, would appease this egotistical kind of energy, motivation, whatever. The, the costs that I perceived turned out to be, my, yeah, my estimations were off, and the cost has been much higher um and i'm just kind of in the process of of <laughs> hey, of taking stock and and re recalculating i guess so knowing that the cost is a bit higher than i initially estimated how sustainable is this moving forward and if if i don't feel like maintaining this same level of work then yeah what what can be adjusted on the other side of that equation to you know balance out the trade offs And, yeah, how much, how much, how much of this is about saving some fear that I'm even embarrassed to admit. It's, I mean, it's definitely coming from the ego and it's coming from It might not be like a supercharged reaction or response, but that doesn't mean it's not coming from the ego. I guess (laughs) like that just seems kind of silly actually to equate those two or to, to attach them to each other because, you know, the ego doesn't, the ego doesn't act by force alone. Con- like all, that, all it has to do is convince you. And so, I mean, there's all, all different types of ways of of coercion, I guess, or manipulation. Um, So, so many of the, the external challenges I face are just like boogeymen projected out from, from my internal response to this perceived threat to this, you know, this ego response projects that out into the world in, in different ways. It's not always physical manifestations. It's a lot of times it's just perceived boogeymen again. And we can, whatever, like, it doesn't matter what dimensions they exist in, um, that'll, that'll come up, the manifestations will come up differently with, across individuals. Like, that's just, it, it doesn't really matter to get hung up on the specifics of how they manifest. But for whatever reason, you know, (laughs) I had this thought, it's kind of just like I'm recognizing it as like this belief that I could just pay him off, you know, put more time and effort into this to ultimately, (laughs) there's no guarantee of feeling any more secure about it if there's there's always something else to fear and so this this idea of productivity of putting more time and effort into it where it's like the idea is that I'm cleaning up the product I'm you know kind of just doing speeding it up trimming the fat the silences then like if. I have a guest on and, and their breath is coming through a lot more, I think, okay, I want to, I want to present them in the best possible way. So that motivates me to, into, you know, going from trimming out silences to, well, if I do it this way, I can, it's easy enough to look for the, the breaths that we all take. And at that point it's kind of the same thing of like oh well if if we're taking out breaths then you might as well take out the the ums the uhs the all the filler sounds but it's just even then it's like there's there's different categories of fillers I've talked about how the phrase "I don't know" has been a filler for me. Uh, one of my buddies, Andis, was the, sent me a message talking about the podcast and was saying too, like, for him, he notices. I guess is is one that he uses all the time, and I don't know. So if you if you make the decision to cut out fillers, like what's Where's that where's that border between are you distinguishing between categorical fillers of just nonverbal nonverbal like vocalizations? So uhs, ahs, like that aren't really conveying anything. Do you extend that to any type of fillers? of saying, like, someone who says, I don't know, someone who says, I guess. Do you just take the liberty to, you know, look for these common repeated phrases that seem to stand in for the filler category? And do you just wipe those out? Cool. I mean, one could certainly make the argument for that. But I guess the whole thing that I'm trying to spell out should be very clear at this point, is that that's a slippery slope. And once you, once you start that process, then, then you have to always employ someone or some system to distinguish and determine which categories apply. And kind of by virtue of of setting a tool after a problem, you kind of start looking for that problem. And if someone attaches meaning to that job, to that post of, you know, solving problems, they might take liberties again with some of the categorical definitions that happen between point A and point B to tell a story that gens up a bit more of a problem that is there for them to solve thus justifying what there's what they're doing and feeding this ego need of maintaining whatever this is that you have identified as identity permanence can only happen to the extent that we attach to an identity or a constellation of identities. I mean, obviously it's a problem if someone identifies as one, one thing and one thing only. It's it's not going to serve them for too long. And likewise, at the other extreme, you can create a whole bunch of noise in the signal chain by by opening yourself to every single frequency or you know attaching to every every instance of potential constellation like uh, of potential like resonance with how you identify in every every category that you fit into And actively attaching and holding on to all of those categories. That's also not sustainable. That's like, that's not gonna scale. So, what seems closer to reality for most people is. You know having a a range of identities in your quiver that are at the ready or maybe it's more okay so think of it like a swiss army knife with however many different tools like each each of these identities is useful in particular contexts, again going back to the idea that everything's contextual. So you have a certain set of tools, or in this case we're just, you know, this is a stand-in for identities, so the, the level of connection or, you know, that you've done to kind of identify as and hold on to and cherish the aspects of, of these different categorical groups, those are each one of those I guess stands in as one of the tools on a multi-purpose swiss army knife gadget so it makes sense that you would want to sharpen and well yeah carry and sharpen the tools that you expect will be useful or or carry a set that would be offer the most diverse utility across, you know, will cover your ass in a wide variety of circumstances. So again, taking context into consideration, you don't pack you don't pack a bikini if you're going to Alaska. Or to really sell the point, I can just say like the north the south pole. I don't know enough confidently about Alaska to make that as to, to trust that the the claim or the the metaphor was sufficiently expressed the way in which I did. So I'm taking my own liberties to to point out that I. I just needed to extend the metaphor into a sufficient area of extremity to feel confident that I expressed the exaggerated nature of the metaphor sufficiently. That's how the sausage gets, gets made, folks. Yeah, and I guess that, I don't know, how much, how much of this, how, how much do I need to put stock in or invest in hiding how, how the sausage, sausage gets made. If transparency is something that is important to me and I expect it and I I guess essentially demand it is what I would claim to want to do. I want to demand transparency and accountability, then I have to extend that to myself. And in order to do that, there's, you know, I might have mapped out my terrain in terms of. Recognizing ego driven decisions or reactions, I might have mapped out that terrain with uh, like the level of chargedness or, you know, looking for that in a particular shape or form. Um, and maybe one that's that's. maybe looking for that to emerge in the same form as it's taken in the past iterations. And so I guess the lesson here today is that that... <laughs> if there's a lesson, there's, there's not. Um, but the lesson here is that, like... It doesn't make sense... to... look ahead with, well, it makes sense, it's, it's com- perfectly understandable that we, the shape of how we look into the future is, is at least partially determined by the shapes that we've learned, shapes and contours that we've learned from the past. But it's not, I guess it doesn't have to be determined. We don't have to resign ourselves to that in the present, you know? We don't have to to give in. Oh man, where am I going? I just lost this. Got distracted by a fucking guitar pick on the ground. Fucking. Hold on to your guitar packs. Respect your tools. They are very cheap and seemingly dispensable. But that's just as bad of an idea, even at that inconsequential of a level. Because huh? it will, it's waste, it can be recycled at the very least. And it also will distract someone like yours truly in the middle of a Maybe, important point. Ah, something about the lesson of something with trade-offs. Where was I? I don't know. This is, again, how the meat gets made. Oh, yeah, maybe, like, demanding transparency. Um, I guess it kind of reminded me of... Uh, I think it was a Gandhi story where... Or maybe it was a Buddha, or one or the other. Probably some overlap. But the idea being that like... A, the gist of the story being that a mother brought her sick son to see Gandhi. Or maybe he was overweight. I don't remember the details of the story. But basically, basically the Gandhi, or the Buddha, told the mother that to come back in two weeks. And he might, you know, he didn't have anything that he could do right then and there. But to come back and see him in two weeks or a month or whatever different, just down the line. so he came back. Or they, the mother brought her son back in two weeks time, and then he gave the advice to like fast or do something. But it, uh, ultimately, the 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 moral of the story was that Gandhi, Gandhi, or Buddha. <laughs> it's like hilarious how bad this is, uh, or how bad this feels. Um, that they weren't they weren't willing to give advice that they themselves couldn't follow. So, in that two weeks' time, and again, I feel the need to address my uncertainty that this was actually the story, because that's where I get hung up and continue to get hung up. But maybe if I just address them, that'll let me loose back into the the thing that I'm actually trying to say. Hmm. But it seems like that's actually doing the opposite. It's pulling me off. Yeah. So don't take the bait. Maybe. Sorry about that, just uh, had an A or B decision two or three times in a row right there and I feel like I made each, each option, each time I had to make a decision, I made the option to veer away from the path that I was on. So I've, I feel like I've sufficiently lost that train of thought. Um, So we'll revert back to, I guess, just the general level, broad level scale of talking about these ideas, to try to just find another path in. Again, how the sausage gets made, demanding transparency, um, oh yeah, so in order to, in order to give that advice, you have to be willing to take it, practice what you preach. Um, that, that sort of, that sort of framework and so, yeah, it's addressing the, the ego driven kind of reaction and response, recognizing that the, the shape of the new challenge is, is bound to have plenty of overlap with, with previous challenges. Insofar as they, you know, the underlying things are mapped onto real world principles that hold universally. Um, But it can't be, it's naive to expect that it's going to be 100% overlap. It's going to be the same manifestation of a previous problem. There will always be new elements to it. And I think as technology advances, the... The degree of variability is just uh, what's the exponential, like parabolic? The the degree of variability between iterations, the potential for that is through the roof now um, with with technology. So any one of those changes. Could could be, you know, existential. could yeah have honestly no idea how I even got there. Oh, okay, I guess that's a good sign that uh, as good a sign as any that maybe maybe for this, this uh, very specific new approach, and as weather's better. I might actually just, I don't know, I gotta listen back and see how bad the wind makes this sound. If it's tolerable then I might just introduce these as another level um, practice of not being super precious and letting it out, flaws and all, Um, to again give myself a bit more integrity in terms of being willing to give what i try to take you know if i'm going to demand something i need to be able to to do that myself and yeah even that i don't know yeah there's plenty to explore there the transparency and how far that how far that extends out in terms of yeah people how people perceive you the like i said I've talked about this with some friends, and it's kind of jogged in my memory recently. Of just like the the idea of description versus definition um, in terms of how that maps onto our enacting of our lives. Um, so if we if we live in an integrity, if we commit to something, we're essentially describing. a our future self as being someone who acts in a certain way in a given context and in order to in order to inscript that in in reality to print that to to create that truth we have to You know then live in such a way to the extent that we can if we you know if we have reason to expect some type of context and we are willing to call our shots like babe ruth the famous you know pointing to right field before hitting a home run to right field um there's there's something there of of you know there's a descriptor that in the moment doesn't necessarily feel that way. But if you make a promise to someone, you are describing yourself as who you want to be in the future. And to the extent that you're able to maintain that course and, you know, still walk that path, Um, obviously there will be differences in context that you couldn't foresee. I think that's always built in, but, you know, to the extent that you're able to maintain that course, maintain that path, you, you elevate that description of yourself or your motives, the way you move through the world you navigate, you kind of establish a pattern of navigation of strategy of you know just behavior in the world connected to some line of belief and thinking so it's a network of all of these skill sets and tools and so you make an attempt to describe yourself you know, you're borrowing from the future and you pay that off to to the extent that you can. If you if you fulfill that if you fulfill that promise and then some, then you're you know, you're making profits. You're 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 doing well. If you make that promise and you fall short, you're still in debt. You're in debt to yourself. You're you're impoverishing your future by diminishing the integrity of who you are. Um, and so, because you know, that's just a completely different thing, um, you know, a two-for-one special. Um, But yeah, it's just a way that we... maybe play willy-nilly with, or, you know, maybe don't take as seriously the responsibility of the promises that we make and the commitments we... we embark on. The context in which we live makes it seem that those are I guess maybe we're we're so used to looking at short term things um and we just keep being trained to view the world more narrowly and more narrowly uh that losing sight of the the longer term if something doesn't have short term effects, then we kind of forget about the importance of looking at the long term effects so in this case, like this is kind of taking that argument and making it quite abstract to be sure and that in and of itself will filter out and select for people who are willing to engage with that idea that way, and that's fine. It's, I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to explore how, how that might map onto some deeper principles that we live, live under, and just trying to make sense of that for me, of like wanting to, again, tying back into that transparency and, you know, if that's what I harp about in the real world, the the only ground I have to stand on for making that argument and pushing in that direction is... is if that's... is if I'm willing to do that as well. Um, and, yeah, so I don't know. I really... Like, I don't think that I'm someone who is particularly preachy. Um, I definitely try not to be. But to the extent that there's anything that I'm willing to stand behind, it's probably rooted around something quite vague or ambiguous or hazy, because that's... I can't really be confident in any anything beyond what my experience tells me, um, other than expanding other, you know, my circles of trust and and influence that I allow in. So I I can expand my worldview, but not in the, but not in like a direct empirical sense. It's all taken on board abstractly. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Practice what you preach. And maybe there's a way to like build build the awareness of crudeness in like i don't know why am i like i feel like i'm even spending time right now trying to find a way to brand this to again maybe justify or validate the sloppiness that i'm perceiving again zego driven so (laughs) again going back to the other lesson that i'm Milking here um, in what I'm still not even entirely sure. I'm I'm certainly making a case for. I'm acting as if I'm going to release this in in real time, but there's still certain parameters that or certain certain aesthetic choices that I am I know in my head that I'm leaving myself with the possibility of entertaining and not releasing this, but I'm acting as if it is going to be released. So one of the other le- going back to one of the other lessons of this episode, which is that the lessons. The lessons that we've learned in the past are not always going to be enough. <laughs> They're still incomplete. I think that's a fundamental thing as well that we need to just understand and realize and, and try and take on. That it's unwise. Maybe foolish to to expect that the lessons we've learned up to this point are a complete set of the knowledge that you will ever need or, you know, a solution to any problem you will ever face. I think it's it's myopic. What's up? It's myopic to think that you already have all the answers. Um, and you know, there there's also like putting that down, reducing that down to like individual tools is also a, 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 you wouldn't at a certain point you might want to like put together you might be starting from point a a very basic damn there might be a very specific point in time where you start where you have what you have to do is work on developing a tool your first tool you don't have I mean, you do have some implicit tools, but you're maybe not aware of them. Once you become aware of what you have, then we just we tend to create new things by putting, putting what we do have in relation to something that is unknown. And creating that relationship leads to something else, a different condition, a new piece of context, that then informs the next. Um, And that, I mean, obviously quickly like tangles into just a overly complex world of possibilities. Um, But. hmm, You would think it would be easy enough follow through but whatever (laughs) maybe it'll get better maybe there's nothing wrong with it to begin with anyway yeah uh, like you you will have to start by amassing tools whether you know that's what you're doing or not and as you become aware then you will have a process of, of becoming aware of which tools, and then there's a, an idea of the strategy being the next tool that's employed, of recognizing that different combinations of tools will, will work better in different contexts, and then, you know, how do you, how do you generate and develop a well-rounded, able to tackle a broad set of perceived possible circumstances situations, what, what tool set, what toolkit can you equip yourself with that will, you know, maximize survival uh, long term, like to whatever degree that you're thinking of that. Um, you could, you know, just be thinking of your own children. It's one generation, but you could, you know, I think there's an argument that could be made that it's important to at least spend some time extending beyond generations, multi-generations, and try to come up with ways or, or look for ways to pass down that information and knowledge or wisdom or, you know, again, it's just advice based on specific context and offer up as as thorough as you can manage of a picture, of a model, knowing that it's incomplete and can't be anything more than incomplete but it's contributing to something. And there's also a recognition that like it's, you want to be able to walk people through it in order for them to understand it or to accept it or to truly recognize that it's, it maps onto reality. But any effort there is also just an attempt to appease your ego because you can't be, you can't actually know how much that actually does map onto reality. You can't know how other people will, how it will fit into the puzzle piece. There's stuff that, you know, in in someone's hands will, you know obscure parts of, of what you put, what you try to contribute. In in someone else's hands, they will obscure a different part and they might see the part that that the other person obscured. But in both cases, you, you still feel like the whole picture that you're providing isn't sufficiently recognized and seen. And that's valid, but it's it's also like nobody, nobody actually has that um, experience of of having having their their picture valued as like the like entirety of what what maps onto reality. Like that's that's a point that we we all start from to some extent. Like we. Yeah, we all... I don't know, there's like this sense of maybe like we're all a bit entitled to thinking that... Or a little too confident in our own story, or the validity of, of the entirety of our story. Where it's like, I don't even understand why it... It just feels like being simplified down, reduced down into all or nothing. Where it's like, if you can't take all of me, then you don't deserve any of me. And I just, I feel like that's... That's definitely at play with so much isolation. And whether it's, like, factoring into it, or a result of it, or both, in different, you know, ways. like this this feeling of isolation, this environment of isolation that we've been in and have been in to certain degrees since technology has proliferated so readily, like to everybody, like this sense of isolation that's was virtual and then in 2020 became very physical and material for many people. This isolation is I guess one one way to to approach that and combat that would be getting people to recognize that you know it doesn't have to be an all or nothing like no no one person has to accept anybody else entirely. Or like accept one hundred percent of their story of the the story that they're trying to contribute to take someone seriously, and maybe like the idea that taking someone seriously is more important than believing them full stop um, I think is is an important distinction to make and I don't know, it's like it, taking someone seriously is, is treating someone as another person who is, you know, also attempting to contribute something to the larger whole. Um, you know, I want to live my life in this world. Getting to know what other people have to offer, and I know full well that I'm not going to. I'm not committing to, you know, taking on 100% of someone else's contribution if they offer it. Like I know that I get to pick and choose what I, what I take, um, and therefore, I like to me that feels like that liberates me into, um, that, that liberates me from, from having to take this all or nothing approach like by default. Um, I can say, you know, I can put people at ease or make an attempt to put people at ease that I'm not going to, I will, you know, just be upfront and transparent of, I'm not going to. I I make no promises of how much of what you have to offer I'm going to like onboard myself, but I, so I might reject some of it, but that doesn't mean I reject all of it. And like taking someone seriously requires you to make that distinction and to understand that, like you don't have to, I don't know, that, that the relationship of the unconditional support is I think more rare and probably necessarily rare um, in certain senses. We, we can't afford at the individual level to give everyone that level of acceptance and trust um, so it would make sense that we want to be, be a bit more um, selective with whom we, you know, grant that amount of trust. But the same calculus doesn't quite work the same way when you're talking about taking people seriously. That can be extended much wider and at much less risk to you the individual. And so I don't know, I think there's there's so much of just like talking past ideas that are fighting against each other but not like not even allowing any any space, any oxygen to to the idea that there are commonalities and that You know, before that, before that interaction, you both have your own version of things, some of which is not true or would not be borne out, would not be agreed on by like enough people that it would be, you know, if you had to live in the space with those people, that it would be tense because you're, you know, whatever. Some of some of your version of things is not true. And so that's the same for the other person. Some of their version of things is not true, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, reject the part that maybe is and expands on what you, what you perceive. You have the potential to like add on to your worldview if you are looking to build with someone else, build a more thorough map based on good faith and interconnectedness and like we all serve together for for towards the greater good you know it's that would eliminate the ego driven well i guess in order to do that that's that's maybe the goal is to eliminate the ego driven sense of protectionism there of saying my you know if you take on my, if you take on my, my contribution, you have to take on all of it or else you don't get any of it. Um, And that's as an approach to that type of dialogue and um, relationship. That's a very selfish one as well. It's, you know, you only get, you only get. What i have to offer if you take it on in full um and i mean that that just puts someone on their heels i guess um and it makes the whole thing feel tense where it's you know everyone everyone benefits well whatever let's not jump all the way to that like that's a strong claim to make but To the extent that people are willing to share ideas and understand that they're incomplete in their form and so they're not 100% true and trustable, like, entirely. Like, that doesn't mean that you, like... That doesn't mean that you're no longer accepted by someone because you still have something to offer. And that sounds transactional, but it's, it's, it's when it's woven into a system that is interconnected and fully aware of that, where, it's, where it also extends to the individuals themselves saying, like, I don't, I'm not going to take on all of your thing, but that's not to say that some of what you're working on is valuable or feels more connected to a larger good. That's not to say, yeah, it's it's there is some amount of transactionalness to it, but just kind of it's not necessarily that way. Like that's that's also a projection onto the the interactions because we can't do anything but but interact, and so if there's contributions that are being offered up, there's value that we all generate, and I think I'm coming from that place where I believe there is everyone everyone. Um, Generates value, um, then you know there. There's always evidence present. There's always the like pieces that would make it add up to being transactional. But there's always more than that as well. And I think the problem with labeling it, giving it the narrative of transactional, it. Filters out other things that are also relevant to the circumstance, and the situation, um, and I really don't think you can ignore those. Like that's you have to factor that in. Like you like it's careless to adhere to such a small, such a narrow equation. Um, that doesn't account for other variables. Um. Okay, well, so the wrap-up extended into the third act, and as is the case with most uh, rookie storytellers, playwrights, however you want to do it, the, uh, there is a bit of avant-garde quality to this. Um, and as much as I would love to claim that it's intentional and it's all, you know, all part of a well constructed, thoroughly conceived brushstroke of a masterpiece um, <laughs> that would not. The, the more I'm willing to live into that as the truth, that uh, establishes a big break from the description that I hold for myself. That is. I cannot claim to have masterfully created or crafted any of this. Um, So, do whatever you need. If you need to contextualize all this as some um, avant-garde expression uh, to justify it, I guess, go for it. Um, And maybe this is just more for myself than anyone else, but it, it all is just practice, and it's all incomplete, and what I'm offering right now is what I have to offer right now. And yeah, capturing that concept there is proving to be difficult because it's easy to point out the person who, you know, is saying if you can't get, if you don't take it all, you don't get any of it. Um, It's harder to put my mind in the head of someone trying to convince that person that it's okay. To share this partial thing and you know it's not to say we won't recognize the flaws because we definitely will but if we're if we're claiming to you know be trying to create a uh, an environment and a context where it's all coming from love any construction any criticism is constructive and is helpful and is meant to bridge gaps. And you know, we're we're affirming the the efforts and taking and and, and yeah, affirming the contributions, um, however partial that might be. Like whatever you have to offer is is a valuable contribution. We just we can't take everything you have right now. There's you know it doesn't all apply yet and that isn't a cancellation of you that isn't a diminishing of you that isn't that doesn't reduce you beyond value because it's how do you you know how do we encourage people to share when when they might have this belief that if if I'm not if if the Whole of my oeuvre, over oeuvre, oeuvre, I don't know, whatever. Um, if <laughs> if the entirety of their catalog isn't accepted, then then that counts as a devaluing them. As you know, I don't know. It's like saying you can't pick and choose, you can't dine a la carte. You have to take me, you have to you have to eat everything, or else you don't get anything. And it, I don't know, it just... Maybe that's not as rampant as I'm thinking, but that's I, I guess that's where my head is at, and it feels like what I need to... What I'm working towards for... Advice for myself, really. Because all of those things, there is this feeling it's hard for me to... To not feel some some sort of... Like, I don't know, the imposter syndrome idea works in here. Just kind of saying, like, what, you know, I'm not... I'm doing that to myself. And saying... There's a sense where it's like I'm... Because I don't... uh, I don't feel entirely confident in all of what I have to offer. Then I'm not even that's essentially canceling, I'm choosing to hold on to the stuff that might be, or to say if it's keeping me from putting out what I view as incomplete. I, I, like, I'm very right to, to understand that it's in, incomplete, but the extent to which I'm attaching to that truth is stunting my growth um, to the extent that I'm concerned about, I'm so concerned with the incomplete incompleteness of what I feel like I have to contribute that I'm not even offering it up. And I don't even think I'm... Yeah, it's it just is maybe like a justification of even doing it um, at all. And in the absence of a response from it, it feels again like this ego thing of, you know, how do I how do I overcome this if I'm not, you know? Yeah. So those questions of, of how how do I convey How do you encourage people who are generating these ideas and concepts but don't necessarily feel... They're getting caught in that if you don't take it all, you don't get any of it. Whether that's being like whether that's coming directly from the outside world, whether they're getting that feedback directly saying like, well, we don't, you know, we like this, but maybe not, maybe not all of it, not right now. Like, you know, as I think is honest feedback. is like, you're, you know, not entirely qualified based on our perceptions. Like there's areas of growth that you, you know, if you get high, high resolution feedback, it would include stuff like that. It'd be not just saying like, we're good here, we're bad here, like we want this and it, it doesn't feel as transactional and, or it doesn't have to, but getting that high resolution feedback gives you at least a sense of like, hey, this is these are your strength areas, like this is all good, but like this, of what you offered us, of the bundle of skills that you described, of yourself and, you know, the proof of those, the standards that you attempted to, you know, show your work and our standards of measure by our measurements, like this area or these two areas were ones where, you know, we can take on everything else, like, but we can't, you know, we're looking for all five of these things and you met three of the five or whatever it is. like. It's all arbitrary, but just to explore the idea. Maybe you're getting that directly, that feedback directly from the external world, or in my case, it's that's I'm doing that to myself. Um, where I'm, there's a sense that, in order to ship something, in order to release it. In other words, to let go of something and open it up to open it up to the world of feedback. I'm I'm playing the role of like protective parent to the work that I'm doing because I don't I don't feel I don't know. I'm gonna get sued for copyright infringement. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I don't want to there's something about that that I'm doing to myself of saying, this isn't 100% ready and you can't release it until it is. Um, there's something whether it's implicit or explicit I'm like that's a decision that is uh, kind of blocking myself protecting myself against criticism or feedback of any kind Um, and that's That's a challenge. And it's, uh, I would have to, I mean, it has to be largely ego driven. And so I guess it's just finding ways to face that. I can all be, I can solve those problems later. I'm currently, working on learning the lesson of wrapping it up. So, uh, yeah. Maybe I'll, yeah, no, I'm just wrapping it. Stop. Do the other stuff later. all right that's a wrap i guess if you liked it let me know if you hated it let me know i'll be back next week hopefully with another conversation with a buddy of mine ned joiner and yeah if you like it subscribe leave a review all that stuff again i'm gabe garber and until next time i still don't know Thanks.